When you were a kid, did you want to be an astronaut? A crossing guard? Sometimes our dreams feel a little all over the place, but we're not alone. In fact, McDonald's created an education platform, APA Next, with all the resources Asian Pacific American students like us need to navigate the next steps, or even figure out what they are. With streaming workshops on college admissions and more, a lot of the work is done for us. Come take a look at apanext.com and decide what's next for you. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Inside the Five. I'm Griff. I'm Will. I'm Stav. And on this episode, we're going to be wrapping up the Masters as well as uh, speaking about the NBA playoffs that are going to be starting up soon. Um, all our award predictions as well for the NBA. And then we're going to finish off with MLB opening weekend. So let's get into it. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, we're going to start things off with the Masters. Scotty Scheffler absolutely dominated at Augusta this weekend. Um, honestly, something, it's kind of refreshing. He's, I mean, he's number one, I believe, now. If not, he was before he got he, into he the Masters. Um, and overall, I'd say solid Masters. I, I like seeing a new winner. I think that's always fun. I like seeing, I mean, obviously, there's more likely going to be a new winner unless Tiger wins. But there's also a few other names like Rory that could win it again. But, like, it's always nice to see, like, someone just absolutely dominate and just put on a great performance. Right. So, so Scotty um, came into to Sunday red hot. He kept things going. He finished at 10 under on the weekend. He was better than that. And, and not only was he better than that, but he was better than what he did on hole 18 compared to the rest of the day on Sunday, too, as he four putted to end the whole round to win the Masters, which is which is very stav like um, the four putt. <laughs> Um, except obviously doesn't win the Masters. I'm just joking. I think we all four Damn. this podcast. What is, what is the violation about me? <laughs> yeah, we're getting roasted today. Um, that's what happens when there's golf. Um, another roast, Tiger Woods played absolutely awful. 13 over. Um, I, I was just happy to see him make the cut after one over. And I was like, does he have a chance? But Scotty was really pulling away. There was a lot of different factors in this year's Masters. First couple of days, we were dealing with some wind, with some rain, especially on Thursday, rain, Friday, wind. Um, I watched a lot of this. Um, I'm kind of ready to cover it. But I guess I'll get us started with Tiger in general so we can get him out of the way. Like I said, he went 13 over. He really fell apart on, on the weekend, on Saturday and Sunday. Stav, he didn't announce anything. But do you think this is it, or or do we do we think we're going to be seeing Tiger again? I mean, he's still young, but a lot of injuries. I mean, I think if we saw him in this Masters, we'll see him again, just because no one thought he would come back in general after the injuries that he suffered. But um, plus thirteen isn't really a good look, especially after finishing the first two days only plus one. That's more stuff like on the front nine to be plus thirteen. <laughs> so I guess Tiger and I are the same player, but. I do expect him to see, or I expect 
to see him in other majors throughout the year. And probably for the next, if I had to put a timeline on it, like three to five years, we'll see him compete again. That's fair. Will? Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think we'll see him again, for sure. I like. I mean, like, I, I think no doubt. I mean, obviously, he was he was hurting. It is what it is. Like, it, he's gonna have to take some time to recover. But we'll definitely see him again. Yeah. So, so in my opinion, I'll, I'll wrap up kind of what I think we're all thinking. In my opinion, he came back to this Masters, and it was a little too early. I I feel yeah. like if he came back in another month and a half or two, he would be a lot. Uh, in a lot better shape, but it was just the fact that it was the Masters. It's something that you have to compete in. Um, it was definitely a goal that he set, and he he probably fell a little bit short of it and was like, "Screw it, we're gonna try to get four days in anyways." Um, and we're gonna try to win this thing. It didn't work out that way. Um, but Tiger Woods, my guess is we're gonna be seeing him again. I just want I wanted to see what you guys thought. Um, golf as we know it, a uh, sport you can play until I mean you die. So Tiger Woods hasn't announced his retirement yet. I think that if you were going to, it would be right after on Sunday. He'd be like, all right, I'm done. That's it. The fact that he didn't do that makes me believe that uh, we're in for a couple of more years of Tiger Woods golf. But back to the Masters. First off, Scotty Scheffler, dominant performance. He was the number one uh, in the world for a couple of weeks before. He went in not as the favorite. I believe it was John Rahm. No. Um, who's, yeah, Rahm was the favorite, yeah. which I'm, I was kind of interrupting, but... Yeah. He's the number one golfer in the world. I'm confused as to why. I mean, we didn't even pick up on this when we were giving our predictions. Why he wasn't? I don't even think he was in the top like five for favorites. I don't think he was weird. in the top five either. I think they love John Rom. They love John yeah. Rom every single year. Like he's always top three highest odds for the Masters, and he never finishes like top ten. Yeah, and, and I don't think we saw Rom have a successful week either, did we? No, I think no. he shot three under on Sunday. Um, but other than that, he didn't play that well. No, he, he got 27th, made the cut, finished four over, better than Tiger, better than us three would definitely do. But, I mean, we're not speaking about the way that us three play golf. Um, so, yeah, John Rahm, definitely not the pick. Um, I guess it was Scotty Scheffler. And, and I, you're right. If we saw that, he was ranked number one in the world, and I didn't even know what odds he was at. So if we saw that earlier, if we picked that up earlier, that would have been a great value pick. It worked out for a lot of people. Scotty Scheffler definitely deserved it. Um, But on Sunday, Rory McIlroy made a push. Rory McIlroy had a great Sunday. He played fantastic, and he finished second. He was seven under, um, which is three strokes behind uh scotty scheffler it was overall a great day for rory it makes me feel good about rory mcelroy because it's been a few years it's really been a few years since he's been up to his standards he's hitting the ball well he's got a great feel for it rory mcelroy is gonna have a dangerous year in golf um it's exciting and the masters is super exciting in general it's the most beautiful scenery in golf in my opinion maybe in the world like the the masters is a place that you have it on the TV throughout the whole weekend just because even if you're not, even if it's not the main thing you're zoned in on, you look over, you see that grass, you see the flowers, you see the deep blue water. It's just beautiful. The Masters has officially wrapped up, and I guess we'll get into a couple of bonus things, and I'll get us started off so you guys can have a minute to think of it. Um, but I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to answer it. What was our favorite moment? from this year's masters actually you know you don't know not from this year's masters from your masters from the masters in general and i'll answer this question 
to get us started off. A lot of people are going to say Tiger 2019. I'm not going to go with that. I'm just straight up going to go with the, I'm going to answer for this year, but I want you guys to answer for all. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place. Um, I'm going to go with Tiger's uh, Thursday, just straight up on Thursday. Tiger finished one under. He put himself in a position to win. And, and if Tiger Woods wasn't hurting, it was as simple as that. If he, if he was healthy, I think Tiger Woods wins this just because of his mentality. He's different. He was hitting his spots and it, it, it's good to see as a golfer, like myself, when you're watching Tiger Woods play, you pick up a lot of little different things that he does. And it's like, maybe I'll add that. And a good a good little thing that I noticed was just his patience. Tiger Woods with his patience, because he's battling a lot of different things. But when I'm out there on a golf course, it's just me, the ball, and a stick. When, when Tiger Woods was out there this past weekend, it's all of that. And then it's his back pain. It's his leg. It's all, it's all these different things hurting. But just straight up his patience, and, and that's what got him through day one um, so successful, and, and a lot of things caught up. But I'm, I'm going to have to say Thursday, Tiger Woods was electric. He was hitting a lot of big shots. I think he chipped in at one point. He had a lot of deep putts. His putting game, the best ever. He loves putting in front of people. It's overall just electric. And once he finished hole 18, the crowd erupted. It's, it's just a great feeling to see someone like that stop. Yeah, um, I'm going to kind of stay with the same golfer here. I want to say Tiger's chip back in 2005. Just that that whole setup of how – I'm happy that you said all time because that whole setup of how everything worked out, you know, he had a terrible chip. I mean, not a ter- he kind of set himself up with like a three-foot chip prior, which many people don't really talk about. And then the announcer like, this is an impossible shot, saying all this stuff. And then, I mean, obviously he nails it. That's like one of the best Masters clips, one of the best golf clips of all time. And it was kind of circulating a little bit before he announced that he was coming back to the Masters. I know, Griff, you sent that to me. Absolute chills. You know, three-minute video is great. And every single second of it. So when you think of the Masters, that's what I think of. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, like, those clips will live on forever. But I feel like I'm going to go a little bit more recent. Obviously, I'm going to go Tiger's most recent win and uh, Dustin Johnson's one because I those were the two. I, I've watched those Masters every single day. I watched every single, like, like almost the whole thing from start to finish. So, like, those are the ones that I just remember the most from because I've just recently started watching more golf. Um, but especially DJ because that is my favorite golfer. So, getting to see him dominate the Masters and then just dominate the whole FedEx playoffs right after was crazy. That was, I mean, a dominant run by DJ. And it's it's weird because you see him catch fire. And, and sometimes he'll catch fire. Like, in that case, Will, it was for months. And he'll just be the best golfer crazy. for months. And, and then sometimes he'll catch fire for a couple of holes and it's like wow he's about to win and, and i had a little feeling on friday it was dj was heating up and it was like he, he could really pull off with scheffler and it could be the, them two teeing off at 1 p.m on sunday to settle it and that's not the way that that it all fell down um it, it, it's it's impressive the, the way that he plays golf he's it's not that he's like not consistent with the way he plays he's consistently great but but DJ sometimes he is consistently just amazing like consistently like does not miss a shot and it, it, it's the same with Tiger there's a it's funny because the way that we watch golf us guys college students we grew up 
to Tiger Woods, right? Like we yeah. he started before we were born. He was so famous by the time we were born that every single person that's our age, their favorite golfer, if they enjoy golf, is Tiger Woods. Um, it's a great feeling. Like I I had it going on in the dorm room all four days and my roommates who just recently got into golf i mean you could say this year i i kind of got it them into it their favorite golfer is tiger woods because that's the only person that they know in the golf world he, he's just that much of a household name that no matter what people know who he is that's why everybody's favorite moments is, is from that man um but i i think that's gonna wrap up the masters just real quick just wanted to say shout out to scotty scheffler um He's going to stay at the number one. I think he's going to have a great season. He's a great golfer. Um, and then another shout out, Joaquin Neiman, who was in Tiger Woods group. He had a great first two days, sadly fell apart at the end. I think it was just the fact that he wasn't playing with Tiger. Um, it was kind of like a pressure moment where you have to live up to certain standards when you're in the same group as him, because you're going to be in the featured groups. Like you're going to, everybody's going to see every single shot that you take. So, ho ho wow. Wow. Hakeem Neiman, wow, so bad with pronunciation, had a very good first two days, fell apart after the cut. Shout out to him. But we're going to move on to our guys, the NBA, the Celtics, clinching the two seed. Stav, I'll let you take over. You have free range from here. Talk about the NBA. So I'm actually very happy that the Celtics tried to win yesterday. You know, you when you're in the NBA, I think, all you should try and do is win. I really hate losing to get a lower seed to get a more favorable matchup because every team's in the playoffs for a reason and every team is seeded the way they are for a reason. You know, everyone's scared of Brooklyn for whatever reason, but all I want to say is they're a seven seed for a reason. You know, ever since KD and Kyrie have both been playing, they have a losing record. Like, nothing's set in stone that the Brooklyn Nets are going to come out and firing. I mean, yeah, they can score 110 points a game, but they let up 140. So they match up awfully with a fully healthy Cavs team, and they don't match up well with the Hornets. The Hornets have their number this season, and so do the Hawks. So I like the Celtics that they won. You know, Jalen Brown said it best. We'll face anyone, and I believe that, you know. If you're a two-seed, if you want to call yourself an NBA champion, you go through whoever you have to because eventually we're going to face a team that beat them so I'm happy, you know, bring it on, bring on whoever. And it's not only that we won, in my opinion, this was a must win because you're, you're winning this game to secure a two seed over Milwaukee, who you hold the tiebreaker to, um, and Milwaukee, they lost on Sunday, right? That's the reason that that yeah, door opened they, up. They, they didn't lost play anyone either. Yeah. So, play oh yeah, they, they didn't play Giannis. They didn't play any of their starters, did they? No. No, right. So the Kumbo was starting. I mean, the second best Anthony Kumbo <laughs> brother out of the five, 15 that they have. Um, and they're all beasts. But Milwaukee claims the three seed. In my opinion, though, what I wanted to get to is Philly, who's the four seed. They won their game. So if Philly wins, they're the three seed. Or uh, if we lose, Philly wins. Is, is what I meant to say. They're the three seed. Milwaukee's still the two seed. And Boston slips down to the four. So um, if Boston's the four, then not only are we going to play the Raptors in the first round, which is a very difficult team to play in the playoffs. And I was texting with Stav, I think on Sunday, like afternoon before we played, I was like, 
I'll, I want to win. Like, I don't want to yeah. face the Raptors in the first round. I will play any other team. But not only would we play the Raptors in the first round, in the second round, we'd have to play most likely the Heat. So I think no matter what, getting the win there, having to play either Brooklyn or Cleveland is is a big win because we stay away from the Raptors and, and we stay away from the Heat until at least the Eastern Conference, or at most the Eastern Conference Finals, if we get there. Um, the Nets will, the Cavs, seven versus eight seed, playing on Tuesday. Who do you got in that game? I'm going to take the Cavs. Yeah, I think just straight Cavs. up the Cavs are just going to out outplay them. Like like what like what Stop said, like they're just gonna let up points. I mean, like you can't really, like what like if you don't play defense, you don't play well enough, but you keep scoring, you're not gonna win the game. Yeah, and I mean, kind of interjecting here, I want to agree with Will, especially if the Cavs come in fully healthy, getting back Evan Mobley and Jarrett Allen, the that just provides so much more depth for the Cavs. You know, the starting, like, can we officially name the starting five of the Nets other than? who is it, Kyrie, Seth Curry, and KD, the rest of the guys are nobodies on that entire team. Like, if you're yeah. starting Andre Drummond right now, he's his and place that was out of Exactly. Sometimes it's so, Nick Claxton who plays the exact same. Yeah. So the Nets and the Cavs, the Cavs have that favorited matchup with um, a lot of the depth pieces as well. Like, I trust the Cavs bench to kind of come in and hold their own against whoever's on the court. You know, they, I think they're, in a way, I don't want to compare them to the Celtics. However, they are eight deep. They have guys off the bench who can come in and fill in their role perfectly fine. Darius Garland is one of the best point guards in the East, in my opinion. These guys are going to get you 20 and 10 assists. I mean, I hate how everyone's writing off the Cavs because at one point this season before kind of the injury bug went through the Cavs, the Cavs were a three seed in the East. Like, Everyone thought all year, oh, they're going to fall off. It's the Cavs are young. They never really fell off. Like, fully healthy, they never fell off. So, I got the Cavs in this game, regardless if it's in Brooklyn or not. And the game is in Brooklyn. So, both of you guys taking the Cavs, you know what that means. I'm going to have to take the Nets here. Um, and, and I'm not just taking them because both of you picked the Cavs. Um, I'm, I'm really sticking with the Nets. I think the Nets are the definition of a play in beast where this is a game that you can will yourself to win one game, especially in Brooklyn, and this is a big Kevin Durant game. They've won their last four games. I mean, they've played against the Rockets, uh, the Knicks, but then they played a tough uh, Cleveland Cavaliers team who they're playing against in Brooklyn. They beat them by 11 points, and then they played Indiana, who's out of the playoffs, but they're not bad. And one thing that I've noticed throughout this run is – when they're winning these games, it's Kevin Durant's going to get his own, right? Every single game. We we talk about Kevin Durant. Every single time we bring him up, I give him the most high praise because he deserves it. He gets his buckets. He knows exactly what he needs to do. And, and a real big factor right now is Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, one of the smoothest scorers of all time. Kevin Durant is the smoothest scorer of all time. This play-in game relies on Kyrie versus Darius Garland. Who's going to win that matchup? And whoever wins that matchup, in my opinion, will – well, actually, you know what? Won't be a win. I think that if Kyrie wins this matchup, it's going to take a lot less off of um, Kevin Durant's shoulders. If Darius Garland wins this matchup, they they blow out the nets. And I really think that Kyrie has the potential to go off in this game and really shut down Darius Garland in terms of Kyrie – scoring 35 and Garland scoring like 18. 
Um, another big thing we need to look at, though, is the bigs of the Cleveland Cavaliers. You have Evan Mobley. Um, you have Jared Allen. Just guys, first off, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Big, big, big mistake of the Nets. I've always said it was getting rid of Jared Allen. I think Jared Allen, he is an all-star this year. I've always thought he was an all-star. Um, but Brooklyn favored in this game. It's going to be an interesting one on Tuesday night. Um, I think we should get over to the other game, the seven versus the eight, um, on the west side. Also, Tuesday night, we have the Timberwolves. We have the Clippers with PG-13. I'll get things started. I actually think this is smooth sailing for the Timberwolves. Do you agree with me, Stop? No, I actually don't. I think that the Clippers with PG, uh, he's a superstar. You know, I really don't like the PG hate. I think if he hadn't been injured, the Clippers would be a lot higher of a seed with or without Kawhi. Um, ever since he's come back, he's kind of brought a new life to this Clippers team that was really kind of coasting throughout the year. Um, they've beaten very good teams since he's come back, which including the Suns and a few other teams. But um, the Suns didn't really have Booker that game or CP. However, they blew him out of the water. Like that's what you should do to like teams that are missing their stars. And that's what the Clippers have been doing. So I really like the Clippers in this game. I think it's going to be a great game because I also love the Timberwolves as a team. I think they're do they're trending in the a great direction. But I just think the experience of a lot of these guys in the Clippers is going to will them to this victory. Will, you're muted. My bad. Um, <laughs> um, I think the Timberwolves, easy sailing in this game. I think they got it. I like the way they're playing. I like the, I like their play style. I really think they can do some damage in the play. And yeah, and I think with the Timberwolves, it's the fact that I love the Clippers. I love Paul George. I'm an av avid buyer of of the paul george shoe i think i'm gonna have to get another pair because my last one ripped because i wore those out um but the timberwolves are a team where they're young they have a lot of energy and they have i mean so many guys that can get it done on both sides pat bev locking up your best point guard um d when healthy is out there to get buckets and they have malik beasley who, who's coming off the bench um when d is fully healthy and Malik Beasley, in my opinion, is a starting shooting guard in this league. You have Anthony Edwards at the three. Um, I don't I don't actually know who runs there for. It might be like Tarian Prince who grabbed boards at Baylor. Maybe Jared Vanderbilt, something like that. But you have Cat who gets, I mean, 25, could easily get 25 a game in this playoff run. I think he averaged 25 and 10 this season. Um, my, his best season in, in the league so far from Carl Anthony Towns. He's playing great basketball. I don't think that the Clippers really have anybody that's going to be able to stop them. So it's going to be a good Tuesday night of basketball. We got the Nets and the Cavs. We got the Timberwolves and the Clippers. Um, it, it's going to be awesome. The play-in tournament um, extends. The 9 versus the 10 is Atlanta and Charlotte. I guess we'll quickly, I don't think we need to go into too much depth for this. But this might actually be a pretty good game, too. I'm going to go with uh, Trey Young and the Hawks here. What, what about you, Stop? I want to agree with you just because 
I'm really high on um, experience. The Hawks went mm-hmm. through it all last year. They were kind of coasting. They were kind of bad throughout the regular season, but I don't think they're going to lose in the first round of the play-in. I'm going to be different, but I also picked them earlier when we when we did this a couple of weeks ago. So I'm going to still stick with the Hornets. That's good. I, th- I think that Hornets, they're exciting, but the way that they play basketball, like at the end of the day, they're just so average. And I think that the Hawks have the potential for Trey Young to go off. Um, they They have... In my opinion, these are two teams that just ride so heavily on momentum of a game. So I think it's going to be a really good one. I think it's going to be two teams switching back and forth. Who has momentum? Run uh, run from the Hawks and a run from the Hornets, vice versa. I, I, I think it's going to be a good one. On the other side of the, of, the, of the land, you could say, in the Western Conference, we have the Pelicans, even though they're in New Orleans, never understood that, and the San Antonio Spurs. This is an interesting game because, like, I haven't heard much from the Pelicans in since, I mean, other than Zion never playing. Um, the Spurs, however, I like DeJounte Murray. I like what they got going over there. Um, they can shoot the ball. They play pretty good defense. I'm going to go with the 10-seeded Spurs here. I think Greg Popovich, I mean, if he's in the play-in, I just can't see him not being in the playoffs so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Pop in the in this first game for them. What about you, Willie? I'm gonna go the same route as you. I'm gonna take the Spurs. I like Javante Murray. Okay. I think I think I, I just what he's doing this season is incredible. So I I gotta ride the Spurs on this one. Sure, um, just... I'm gonna go a different route than you guys. I want, I like the Pelicans just because they have more star power. You know they got guys like Brandon Ingram. You got C.J. McCollum who nobody's really talking about. Valanciunas is very solid for them. I think they're more deep. I mean, we all know Zion isn't really playing, but they still got Jackson Hayes off the bench. I think, I just think they're built to win in a one-game setting because we saw last year the Spurs got blown out in the playing game. So, very true. I I need some Coach Pop revenge. Um, It's going to be a good play-in. I guess we'll look a little bit into the a little bit into the future here for the Celtics specifically. Once we get out, if 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 we get out of the first round, we'd face the winner of the Bucks, the Bulls, and I'm going to guess it's the Bucks. And this is why this is a hypothetical situation. This is the only question I want to ask about our future um, in the playoffs because I want to cover it in, in future episodes because we will have, I mean, another episode before we even start. So the second round matchup, just looking way ahead, the Bucks, the Celtics, Stav, how do, how do you think we really match up against the Bucks in a playoffs? Uh, situation i love the fact that we're hypothetically obviously when we say this we're the home seed against them we Mm -hmm. have home court advantage which has fared very well against us or for us against milwaukee in the past because i remember 2017 2018 season when we were the underdogs really as the two seed and the bucks tried to come into town and we won every single home game so the garden with a full capacity is one of the best home court advantages in the nba and I trust the Celtics at home over anyone. They're the, one of the best home court teams in the NBA this year. We kind of we had the tiebreaker over Milwaukee, you know, and we fared very well against them without Jason Tatum and Al Horford that time that we faced them in Milwaukee. We lost by like four. So I love the Celtics, obviously. And, and hypothetically, we get Robert Williams back in the second round, early first round. So that's going to provide a huge boost. So I, I take the Celtics with anyone with a fully healthy lineup. How about you, Will? 
Um, I like the Celtics. Um, like Stav said, the home court advantage is going to be key for us. I mean, it, all, it also is very key for the Bucks. Now that they've won a championship, we saw what their home court looks like. It gets pretty crazy there, too. If if it were to be a real, real battle, I like our matchup against them. But if it were to be a real battle, at least we have home court at the end of the day, finishing off the series. So, like, if it does go seven games, we have that last home game because their home court advantage is pretty crazy, too. I was about to say the same thing to wrap that up. Well, it's it's a battle between two teams where I think this could go seven by just whoever is at home is going to win that game. Because like we've been saying, and obviously we're people in the crowd of the TD Garden um, a decent amount of time. So we're not going to say that our home court advantage is bad. Um, I think we have a top five um fan base in the nba but i think milwaukee they get so rowdy over there Mm -hmm. i think it's going to be one of the better playoff series in all of this year's nba playoffs um one more question looking towards the future of this bracket just so we can get our pre postseason prediction of a finals matchup i'm going to ask you first will who do you have out of the west out of the east and who's going to win it how many games um, I got Celtics, Grizzlies, and the Celtics in six. Celtics in six? Better. 18. What about you, Stav? This all, I want to put an asterisk above. This is kind of really, de- uh, deter- my prediction determines if Robert William comes back, like healthy and everything's normal with him. Mavericks versus Celtics, and the Celtics win in seven. I love the Mavs coming out of the West, to be honest. I think this is their year to do it. I've been very high on them throughout the year. This is their year to do it, in my opinion. Interesting pick with with the Mavs. I think that, I mean, I went to one Celtics-Mavs game. It was Paul, or not Paul Pierce, KG's jersey retirement. I went to both, so I mix them up. Um, KG's jersey retirement. We snuck out uh, with a loss um, against the Mavs. They're a good squad, and they're not a squad that relies on three superstars they rely on one with a whole lot of depth a whole lot of role players doing their job um and and they do a great job of doing it they have a great coach down there as well i like that pick for a little sleeper the mavs getting past the suns in round two um i'm gonna go with the team i just mentioned the suns playing our celtics and you know me you know i'm a realistic guy I'm going to have to take the Suns in this situation. I think that this is a great year for the Celtics to, and I said this a couple of weeks ago, I think that our ceiling is losing in the finals. And I still think that, and I'm not sure that we have what it takes to really put everything together. I think we're going to get really close. We're going to taste it and we're going to be successful from here on out. Um, I'm going to go Celtics Suns. I'm going to take the Suns and, and you can call me as you want it, but, I have a Pritchard jersey behind me. I'm a Celtics fan through and through, but I also run a podcast, so I'm not here to do any biases. Like, this is my genuine prediction, so you can call me a fake Celtics fan. I'm just doing what I got to do. I got Suns and Six. I think it's going to go pretty deep. I think that um, if this is if Rob Will comes back in the second round and he's not 100% throughout the whole playoffs. I think just the fact that we're catching Rob Will later, like – we're not having him from the start. We can't get a whole first round against the Nets or the Cavs where we can roll through them with our whole squad and feel good going into the next one, knowing exactly who we have. I think we can get through until the Suns, the Suns who were there last year, I think they have it. Those are going to be our pre-postseason predictions. Getting on to some more predictions, 
Um, we're going to predict some awards. We got the MVP, the Depoy, the most improved, the rookie of the year, and the coach of the year. We'll get things started with the MVP. Stav, we'll get you kicked off. Um, I got Jokic. You know, I think that, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that the voters really will realize that a majority of them, I think half of Embiid's points that he averages come from the line. And I know there's this whole preconceived notion that you shouldn't judge a player because they shoot too many free throws, but I think the like the voters will do that. Just because if you take away his free throws, he really doesn't excel at much else, you know? And then you got you got a guy like Jokic, right, who excels in every single phase of the game. He's, I think he's one of the first players to get 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 1,000 assists in his first few years, which is an incredible accomplishment. And he's led the Nuggets to a better seed than the um, the 76ers technically. And usually if it's like split between the doubt or like if it's 50-50, they usually give it to the higher seed. Unless there's a guy like Russell Westbrook who averages a triple-double for the first time since Oscar Robertson. But Embiid really didn't dominate in any categories against Jokic. So I got to take Jokic in this. Pretty well. Um, I'm going to go Embiid. I agree with, I mean, honestly, if it's not Embiid, I think it's going to be Jokic. I felt like just going with Embiid now, hearing that he's the scoring champion of this year. Since Shaq, he was the last, Shaq was the last person that won. And I feel like that just like, that like adds to his like points to win MVP, in my opinion. I feel like just seeing that, they're just like, well, damn, no one's done that since Shaq. And then they look at Shaq's career and then just automatically think, okay, Embiid is nasty. Like, like I feel like that just like cor- correlates with each other and how they do it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go exactly right there with you. Well, I also have Joel Embiid. And um, Stav brought up some great points uh, about where he was effective and, and where he was ineffective. And you guys know me. I am Nikola Jokic all the way over Joel Embiid. But I'm thinking from the standpoint of these voters who are seeing Joel Embiid win the scoring title, whether that be with a, with a bunch of free throws or not. Um, Joel Embiid single-handedly pretty much t- took the Philadelphia 76ers with so much going on w- within that organization throughout the year. I think the fact that he thrived through it means a lot uh, uh, from him as a basketball player. And as much as I hate the amount of free throws that he shoots in a game, if you're getting to the line that many times, Stav, you, if he was on our team, I would have him at the line for 45 minutes worth of game time. Like, I yeah. I wouldn't care. So, I mean, that's just the way it goes. I love Nikola Jokic, and I think Joel Embiid's a great player. And he added a lot to his bag this year. I think they're going to give it to Embiid. Um, if not Embiid, I know, Will, you had Jokic at number two. I actually have Devin Booker at number two, and this this has kind of came up on social media a little bit more in the past couple of weeks, just the way that they've been dominating. And Devin Booker, he got hurt a little uh, a little early in the season. He was out for a couple of weeks, but other than that, he's played a lot of games. He scored a lot of points. He's he's got a lot of assists. He's really um, carrying that team, a team that didn't have Chris Paul the whole year. They're the one seed in the whole NBA, the best record in the NBA. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, a very successful team, and why not have the MVP be the best player on the number one team in the NBA? It just sounds like it makes sense, but we all know the NBA doesn't actually work like that. Moving on, uh, Depoy, I think we all have some very 
similar picks here, seeing that we're all Celtics fans. Stav, you can get us started because I feel like you have a lot of passion towards this man. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I want to say again how wrong I was in the beginning of the year because I said that the Celtics should have traded Marcus Smart because of what he was doing on the offensive end. No doubt in my mind throughout his career what he's done on the defensive end. However, now that he's found his role really with the Celtics, his defense is being highlighted throughout the league. You know what I mean? Because there was always that yeah, but with Marcus Smart. And ever like this huge winning streak, he's not taking stupid shots. He's just being the scrappy guy that he was brought into the league to be. So I have Smart, but there's obviously a preconceived notion against guards for the Defensive Player of the Year award. You know, the last guard to win it was Gary Payton, who did praise Marcus Smart for this. I have Smart. However, if it's rigged against guards, then I have Bam Adebayo. Um, I agree. One was smart. Um, I was also on the same. We should have traded Marcus Smart train at the beginning of the year. And like you said, mainly because he just didn't have a role. I feel like if we just couldn't find a role for him, there would be no reason to like keep him. Obviously, like he's such an important aspect. And I've always loved Marcus Smart. Like I've like always been a huge fan. It's just like in certain times when you're just like, we need help. We need to find something to improve on. And at, at that point in the season, we were so low that it was just like, what is next for us? Like, there was just so much chat around the league and social media. Like, are Jalen Brown, Tatum splitting up? Is Smart on his way out, too? Like, it, it sounded like another rebuild was on our on on our doorstep. And then now we're the two seed. So, I, I really think he deserves it this year. And, like, he's deserved it in many years past. And it has not gotten the recognition. And if, I just really think this year he deserves it the most out of any. Right. Not, not only has he gotten the recognition that he deserves as, as a depoy, but... I think he's only made one all NBA defensive uh, first team, which is, I mean, blasphemy. It, it makes no sense. But looking back um, at the past 10 defensive player of the year winners, um, I mean, there's Rudy Gobert, there's Giannis, Rudy a couple more times, Draymond 2017, then you got Kawhi. Nobody, nobody less than a three ha- has won it. Um, like you said, Stoff, since Gary Payton. And looking at Marcus Smart this year, he's a guy that I think we all – we all kind of were confused with um, just just with the fact that the Celtics weren't playing the way that they were supposed to. This was supposed to be a, a year where we get the two seed, the one seed, and uh, we ended up doing it. Right. But but looking back to the first couple of weeks of the season, we weren't so confident in that. And at that point in time, it was like, should we move on from Marcus Smart just because of the fact that not only is there Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. 
re- we really don't know the role for him. It's just the fact that we don't really want to waste his time where, where he could be giving valuable, very valuable minutes to different teams. And you know what? We came through. We figured out our team. Marcus Smart has been the focal point of this team all year. He's helped out so many guys on this team. And I think it's just the fact that Marcus Smart, I mean, he's 6'4", he plays point guard for us. I've seen him guard centers this year. I've seen it, and he's really expanded the way that he plays defense um, compared to the past few years. It's It's been phenomenal to watch. I really think Marcus Smart deserves to win it. Stav, you said Bam out of bio. If not, um, I got Mikael Bridges. If not, you know, the Suns have played very good, and I keep talking about the Suns, but he's been so good at the three there. He, he's he's a long three. He can stretch out uh, and cover a four, cover a five if need be, and he has the feet to cover a one or a two. Um, he's, he's a guy that I love watching play. He has a lot of energy. I like Bridges. Um, the odds, by the way, I want to give you guys some odds. Marcus Smart plus 150, Bam Adebayo plus 225, Mikel Bridges plus 300, and then we got Rudy Gobert, of course, because um, in my opinion, I want to say this. I want to get this off my chest. The past three out of the four years, it's been Rudy Gobert, right? And I don't think Rudy Gobert has deserved it any of those years. I think, if anything, he deserved it in 2018. Um, But I think that Rudy Gobert wins this because that means that more French viewers are going to be watching these games. Um, So I think the NBA rigged it so that France, uh, that population watches more basketball and they can reach out to them. I don't think Rudy Gobert deserves it to win this year. I think um, if Rudy Gobert wins this year, I will never respect the defensive player of the year again. I had to get that off my chest. I just wanted to say that. I agree Uh, with what you just said, by the way. Thank you, Stop. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Stop. I think this might be... This is the second thing we've agreed on, the deploy, and then that Rudy Gobert isn't actually that good. And we talked about it last episode, or two episodes ago, right? Our, no, it was last episode. It was last episode, uh, the Rudy Gobert whole debacle. We'll move on, though. Um, most improved player, I guess, stop. We'll, we'll get you started. I mean, I really don't have a number two for this. I think it's Jaw all the way. He's the betting favorite as well, but I think he's like minus 1,000. He's like the, minus like 750. Yeah, like the major strides he took from last year, I mean, from his rookie year to last year, and even last year to this year, leading the Grizzlies to the two seed, um, putting on highlights every single night. He's probably the most marketable player as well, to like out of like the potential list. And he was also on the second best team in the NBA, I believe. Believe the Grizzlies are if you rank every single team like standings wise, they're the number two team. So I got Ja here. Um, I wonder if the Pelicans are kicking themselves over taking uh for taking Zion over Ja. He doesn't play. He doesn't play. What about you, Will? Um, obviously, I feel like Ja's probably going to win, but I'd rather shine some light on someone who deserves a little more attention with uh, Dejounte Murray. Um, he's had an incredible season. He was an All Star this year. Um, he averaged twenty one points, nine assists, and eight rebounds this year, with making half of his two point shots all season, which is a very, very impressive. He's been the rising star on the Spurs and like the I don't know, he's filling a huge gap that was left after DeMar DeRozan as and like the I don't know, like he just deserves some light. No, I, I agree and Will, you know I'm a big DeJounte Murray fan, so I'm glad that you brought that up. And I'm gonna I mean be the third person to say this, but John Morant is a lock to win this. Um, I looked at his updated odds. He's minus 833. 
Um, and I put together a little list on, on, on my phone of like a couple other names that could that like should should be mentioned, but they're not going to win it. But they did improve a lot. One of those guys being Darius Garland, who had a great year in Cleveland. And we talked about him uh, being in the play in game on Tuesday night. And when you're a guy that's I mean, last year, in my opinion, the way that I looked at it, the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, that was Colin Sexton's team. And now it's very obvious that this is Darius Garland's team that he's running. They're in the play-in. They're fighting for a seventh seed. If not, I'm guessing they're going to be an eighth seed. Um, Darius Garland had a very impressive year. Um, another guy I want to look at is Desmond Bain from Memphis. We talked about um, the Grizzlies with Jaw. Obviously, we all had him as our most improved of the two seed. Desmond Bain is averaging like 18 points a game. Who would have thought kick and shoot the hell out of the ball? Um, great season. Um, and then my last guy. Just to throw it in there, um, I don't think that he's actually going to be like a top three guy in talks of this. Um, but I thought I'd shed some light on Tyrese Maxey as much as I hate the 76ers. I think that Tyrese Maxey has had an amazing year. Um, another guy, Tyrese Halliburton. I compare those two. I think they play a very similar style of offense. Tyrese Halliburton, in my opinion, has better defense. But Tyrese Maxey has had, has had a fantastic year. We'll move on, however, to rookie of the year. This one, looking at the notes, the first one that we all have separate picks. That means, Will, you can kick us off. Um, I really only picked Cade Cunningham just to be different from the both of you guys. Um, I think you could win it. I'm not kidding. I, I, I think really this is do open. think you could win it. He, it. It is an open. I think this is like one of the more, like, it, this could really surprise us this year. Um, Cade's overall just been very, very impressive. Like, he started off really slow and then really started to rise up and, like, take control and figure out his role and figure out how he can play on the Pistons. So I, I thought that was very impressive given that, like, I don't know, it, he started off and everyone was like questioning him. I don't know. Like, I feel like the doubt early on to late season success is really like a good story to have, but if not, I would go Evan Mobley. Um, I'm going to go Mobley here, kind of bouncing off of what Will said. I think that the Cavs, um, the way that they had their success without the injury bug, I think he'd be the clear favorite. Um, I think he's impacted his team the most positive throughout the season so far, if that makes sense. You know, because obviously you can look at Cade Cunningham, like I hate to steal your thunder, Griff, but they were the worst team in the NBA. So when you got a guy who's a rookie, who's kind of the second guy on a team who's leading them to the playoffs, I think that holds a lot of weight yes that, that's very true and, and you didn't steal my thunder you stole wills because i don't have kate cunningham um oh, i'm going i have i have a different guy however um who hasn't been mentioned yet from the six-seated toronto raptors and the reason i have him um i guess i'll throw out the name right now it's scotty barnes the reason i have him is my obvious pick would be Evan Mobley. Uh, the fact that he was out for a little bit um, leads me to believe that this opens up the race a little bit more. And Cade Cunningham, fantastic season all around. And he's, I mean, a slow start, you could say, was, I mean, about three weeks long to start the season. And, and he got right into things after that. But the issue with, with the points he's putting up and the rebounds that he gets, um, they just don't win like at all. Um, 
the reason I have Scotty Barnes is the fact that if you look at all three of the guys that we named, um, Scotty Barnes being on the Raptors, that is the highest seed. Um, and all of these guys from the Eastern Conference, by the way. But I think that Scotty Barnes being the fifth leading scorer on this team at 15 points a game. He also grabs almost eight boards a game at the power or at the small forward position for this team. And right now he's coming off the bench because of OG Ananobi. He is putting up very impressive numbers. And, and Scotty Barnes, who came out of Florida State, he was the fourth pick. I mean, he's just all around put it together. So I, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go with him. And I think that this is this is a pretty open one. And I feel like at the beginning of the season it was obvious Barnes, and then Evan Mobley started going off. He got hurt, and now we're looking at Cade Cunningham, all three guys that we named. And yeah, I mean that that's our rookie of the year predictions. I guess we'll finish off here uh, for the NBA section before we get into MLB. We have the coach of the year once again. All different names will start us off. Um, I got Taylor Jenkins, the Grizzlies coach. I just think what he has done with this team is absolutely incredible. Having Ja and then even winning games without Ja, like coming up with a way, and they've been super, super successful this year without Ja, which I think is very, very important. And they also are the two seed, I believe, in the West, right? Yep. Yes, yep. they are the two seed. Leading them to the two seed this year is incredible. So. Um, well, I actually love that pick. I, he's my number two and it's a very close number two because I'm going Monty Williams here, the coach of the Suns. This, usually this award goes to the best team, like the, the coach of the best team rather. And the Suns have been dominant all year, kind of, and they've gone through many stretches without their star players like Booker and Chris Paul, but yet they continue to win because on the shoulders of really tough defense and great game plan. So I'm going to go Monty Williams here with a close second going to Taylor Jenkins. Right. I, I like both of these names. Um, You know, I've gave a lot of praise to both of these teams, but a team that hasn't got a lot of spotlight, Um, and I think they deserve it. This is the perfect time to sneak in a coach of the year for Eric Spolstra in the, in the Miami Heat. They're the one seed in the East. They were battling for it all year with different teams. It was the Bulls from the start. Then it was the Celtics. They claimed it. Um, I think that all around, they, they've fought a lot of adversity in that organization. And it's not the fact that they had a tough schedule. It's the fact that Jimmy Butler's on this team. And, and Jimmy Butler is a guy that it's like he could either be the reason that s some guys in a locker room come together. Or he could also be the reason that some guys in the locker room split up. And we saw just a couple of weeks ago, guys, that the Miami Heat seemed to be struggling. They went on a little downward spiral. There was a lot of heat on the bench in a couple of those games, and it looked like it, it, it was going to be a fight between teammates a couple of times in public. Um, So, so I just think the fact that Eric Spolstra knew how to handle that, those kind of situations, finish the year in the East as the one seed, claim um, home court advantage throughout uh, the Eastern Conference, I think has been very impressive. I think all three of these guys deserve to be in talks. I think it's been a fantastic season for all of them. I mean, all three of these guys, these are the top three teams in the NBA with the Suns at one, the Grizzlies at two, and then the Heat at three. I think a lot, all of these guys deserve some spotlight. I don't think coaches get enough love, uh, especially these days with how much power your star players truly have for an organization. Great picks. We will check back in on those once the award show happens, but we will move on 
to our final segment, which is the MLB opening weekend has wrapped up. We're now on to the second series. The Boston Red Sox starting off the year one and two. Very, very early, Stav. We folded against the Yankees. Are, are you scared of the Yankees the rest of the season? To be honest, no. We had a lead in every single one of these games, game. and then our offense kind of fell flat. So I don't think that's going to last throughout the playoffs. I think cold weather in weather in general in April really does have an impact on games. I mean, kind of live reaction right now. The Red Sox are getting perfect game by Matt Manning right now. It's the bottom of the fourth inning. It's early, but they're down one nothing. I do think once story was out last night, they actually won, which is a coincidence. But once the bats get kind of clicking, I think they'll be fine. I think hitting's contagious, and um, I loved what I saw from the bullpen. We'll kind of get into that a little later, but I think our bullpen played awesome. Well, yeah. No, I agree. I, I think our bullpen did play awesome, and I'm very happy about that because it, it's kind of relieving that that's not really the area. We just have to get the bats going. Like, I, I'm more confident in the Red Sox when I'm saying, oh, let's just get the bats going because we've seen it all the time. It just takes one person to really start getting on fire and the whole team is out there and after. We're, we're a team that really plays like a team, so everything that we do is contagious as a whole team. Right. And I think um, it's just a matter of getting into the swing of things. New York, who has a lot of firepower, a lot of star power on that team. It's like, you know, that Judge Stan, Rizzo, um, Gallo, like, you know, these guys are here to play. Um, and, and they were doing the okay. same thing when they weren't on the Yankees. Obviously, Judge has always been a Yankee, but like I'm talking about the other guys. Um, but But it's the fact that we played them on Friday. We scored five runs, which is like. That that's I mean kind of where I want to that to play around, and then you look at the weekend Saturday and Sunday we scored two on Saturday we scored three on, or, or scored four on Sunday in a win. I think we're a team that's going to win games when we score around five to six runs, and I think that it's doable. Um, I'm not saying that it's like that difficult to do. It's it's more difficult than scoring two runs, um, obviously. But we can't be a team that relies on our bullpen. And we said they're doing good, but we can't trust that throughout the whole season. And right now, I don't know who our um, who our closer truly is. We saw an impressive performance from Jake Diekman on Sunday night, getting uh, getting in there on the ninth and taking care of business in the heart of the order for a four to three win. We're taking on Detroit right now, as we said, getting perfect game. Michael Waka. Um, one thing that I wanted to say, I just don't like how it's day four and Michael Walker is our starting uh, pitcher. I feel like there's a lot of holes still in this rotation. There's a lot of holes in this bullpen where it's if one of these guys has to go out after the third inning, I don't know if we have um, six more innings of pitching that'll get us to a win stop. And I know you wanted to get in uh, more into pitching. Who, who's going to be a guy that's really going to help us in these middle innings, if you can think of any? Because I'm kind of struggling to look at our bullpen and be like, this is a guy that's going to help us out in these situations. So I want to say three names, and this might kind of seem obvious. So one, I'll say the two obvious ones first. Garrett Whitlock, other than that little dinky yep. home run he led up to, I think it was LeMayhew in game one. It of was, was LeMayhew, and it was a very yeah. he had a good outing. Yeah, he pitched, I think that was on his third inning, and we usually don't yeah. ask Whitlock to go more than an inning and a half. So 
I love what I saw out of him. He kind of did his thing. We, we signed him to an extension. Two, Jake Diekman, absolutely cruising through the heart of the lineup. I never would have thought to see Jake Diekman in that situation where it's the bottom of the ninth at Yankee Stadium on Sunday Night Baseball, and he comes in and fans three of the best power hitters in the league in Judge Stanton and Gallo. I mean, Gallo lefty on lefty is not a favorable matchup. I mean, Gallo against anyone isn't a favorable matchup. He's a 130 batter, but I love what I saw out of him. And I also love what I saw out of Matt Strong. Uh, he came in twice in this series and he held his own. He did his job. He looked a little bit, I don't want to say crazy, but he looked a little out of control, probably first game jitters. But uh, last night he came in and held his own in that inning. So I really love what I saw out of those guys. But um, other than that, until we see Matt back, Matty backpacks, how he can perform, I really don't know who else I can trust in this bullpen. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. And, Will, after a performance like that from Deekman, I think we're going to ride with him in the ninth inning. Um, but once that, uh, one, once Matt Matt Barnes comes into play, and, and we haven't seen him yet, and he's hurt. Or he's not hurt, right? We just haven't he seen him a, yet? They said, they said he has a back problem which could mean anything, to be honest. But yeah, so. this wasn't really a day one finding. They kind of announced this halfway through opening day, which is a little weird. Okay, I, I must have missed that. But but this leads me to that. When Matt Barnes comes back, Will, um, do you think that Matt Barnes will be our ninth inning guy and Deekman in the eighth to set him up or, or vice versa? What, what do you think in the long run? is going to work out in the eighth and ninth inning. Cause I think it's going to come down to those two guys. That's, I mean, that's the early season way it looks. It's going to be either Deakman or Barnes and they'll, they'll swap out innings. Who, who oh, do you go, want JD. to be our eighth and, and who do you want oh. to be our ninth? And there's a JD home run to left field. That's why I stopped just screamed. So jumbo dong, but yes, um, I think obviously right now that's the way it's looking between Deakman and Barnes. Um, go, Coming from last year and then thinking how Deakman played, Last night, I really think Matt Barnes would excel, like, coming back as kind of a setup. We can kind of see how he is. It can allow Jake Diekman to stay hot while he's hot. And if he falls back, we can kind of swap them in and out if Matt Barnes really starts to catch fire. I feel like I feel like having those two in that kind of a situation, like an 8-9 right there, it can be very helpful and could be lethal against teams. Especially if they're both on fire, we we can just send whoever we want. It can really open up a lot of opportunities. I like what Will is saying. And a thing that I think is really going to factor into who we put in in that ninth inning spot is the lineup that we're facing. You know, um, if there's a team that's heavy lefties. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun. So winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.
in that specific spot of the order. I think we put in Beekman and then vice versa. If it's a lot of righties, then we probably, I mean, it's all going to come down to analytics. And I think Alex core core really does look at the analytical side of baseball statistics against lefties, statistics against righties. So that might factor into his decision a little bit more than we think. Yeah. And, and I think that the fact that Cora is that invested uh, on the pitcher side of things when it comes down to analytics is going to help us out a lot in the long run. I think that these advanced statistics that, that we're seeing is good for the game um, when it comes especially to pitching and and seeing that we have two guys that could possibly get it done in late game situations. Now I know um, that Diekman, what's he? He's got to be like thirty five, right? He's been he's yeah, been he's in a little bit older. While. But I mean, you can pitch until you're forty. Um, a lot of experience from him. Um, and I agree with you. I think that it's interchangeable, and, and I would like to see. And to get things started, just to get Matt Barnes back into things, I love the way that he performed when he was an eighth inning guy in general. Excuse me. Um, at, In the second half of last season, when he came in to set up to get us into the ninth, he honestly didn't do that bad. It was just whenever he was in the ninth, he, he was blowing a lot of saves. So take a little bit of pressure off his shoulders. Um, No chances of walk-offs because it's the eighth inning. I, I think that that could help him out just to ease into things. Uh, Stav, you have your hand up. Do you have something to say? Yeah, I kind of wanted to bring up two other guys as well. Shout out to Cutter Crawford for getting his first. I was win. that's exactly what I was going to say. As <laughs> he went, he had a very solid two innings uh, last night in the Sunday night game against the Yankees. You guys will hear this on Tuesday, but I really like what I see out of him. He did. Uh, I don't think he got the loss for the opening day game because he did come in for the extra innings, but the extra runner, it kind of ruins the stats. I really don't know how they're going to mark that down in the books, but I love to see what I saw out of him yesterday. And I also kind of wanted to shine some light on Hansel Robles, who um, is a guy as Red Sox fans, we always hold our breath when he comes in because he does give up a lot of home runs or we saw that last year at least, but he came in in the uh, ninth inning against the Yankees opening day and shut the door on him. You know, he struck out, Josh Donaldson on a quick pitch, which was hilarious because Josh Donaldson is always a guy like, oh, you got to do what's best for the game and all that. And then when a guy quick pitches him, he complains to the ump. I don't really know what he was doing there. But then also he struck out Stanton on like three pitches in the dirt. So if we, he's another guy who could possibly come in in the eighth inning and take some relief off of his shoulders. That's kind of the spot he was in last year. But he throws hard, but it kind of seems as if the defense bails him out a lot. Yeah, and it's good because we have the defense to bail them out um, in the infield and in the outfield. If you look at our defense right now, guys, I mean, we have Seaback behind the plate most days, and he's one of the best catchers defensive-wise in the league. And he's he's taking massive strides on the offensive side of things as well. Ploiecki being our backup, who gets in a lot. Um, Obviously, a lot of teams run a two-catcher combo. Ploiecki, who can hit the ball, um, didn't do that great yesterday as in um, – as in uh, Sunday, um, we have Bobby at first, not not a big defensive position. Bobby not playing on Monday. Story at second. Um, we have Bogarts at short. Devers at third. Like these are guys that, if if there, if there's a ball hit to them, they're making the play. So it, it's great to see. And we need a we need our pitcher to not be scared to let up contact. Right. As long as we're not giving up home runs, I'm very confident in our ability to make a lot of plays in the field this year. I think it's just, 
if if we don't give up a lot of home runs this year, we're going to be in great shape just by the fact that we have so many guys that can get it done in the infield. I And I didn't name any names in the outfield because we already know. I mean, Verdugo already said he's going for a gold glove this year. Kike, awesome with his speed. Um, JBJ, and another name I wanted to mention because we've been talking about pitchers a lot. I wanted to mention some batters. Christian Arroyo ha- ha- has had um, a great first weekend. He got in. Um, he played right field on Sunday night uh, for JBJ, and he did a great job. And and Jonathan Arauz, who's been playing second base with Story out, um, we saw him in Worcester a lot last year. I think he'll find his spot just fine with the Red Sox. I'm not really worried um, about the amount of runs that we're scoring right now. I think we'll get warmed up. We'll get into things. It always takes time for guys like JD. And, and um, Bobby, who already hit a home run, both of them now at this point, it takes time for those guys to really get warmed up and, and start getting the power into that hit. So I'm not worried about that. I'm still worried about the relievers. But you're right, Stav. A lot of guys has, have surprised us um, going past that Yankees series. And it makes me feel a little bit more comfortable. We got the Detroit Tigers right now. Um, and we have a three-game set against them, correct? Yeah, I think we have a three-game yeah. set against them. We're tied 1-1 in the middle of the fifth. Stav, are we going to win this series? I think we'll definitely win this series. I think the bats will wake up, and I think we're going to see it in the second half of this uh, this game that while we're recording, this is Monday around 6.30. Um, a name that I – this is kind of off track. A name that I really saw picking up for the Red Sox to sign is Michael Conforto in which would be huge for this team because that provides another lefty and that provides, a, I mean, he's solid in right field. He's a good defender. I mean, I'm not against that at all. I could see that happening in that age 29. I mean, we could sign him to a, say a three-year deal. He's a free agent right now. So yeah. there's no reason not to at least make a move for him. And we're known as one of the front runners to get him, us and the Guardians. What, what do you have to say, Well. He played quality time on the Mets last year, and he played pretty well. Like, I don't see why. And and before we ended off, like, talking about our relievers and stuff like that, I wanted to quickly say something that I would like to see the Sox do this year. Like, obviously staying competitive competitive and staying consistent with who our main guys out of the bullpen are. But I like to see us have a little bit more fun with experimenting with different guys and really trying to figure out different combinations because I feel like that will just make us an overall better team with what we have. Right. You know, I, I wanted to say something along those lines. Well, I love that they put Arroyo in right in Sunday Night Baseball. Yes. They, yes. they threw mm-hmm. him into the fire, and I think he played outstanding mm-hmm. for his first time in right field. I mean, there was one play, which was a really tough play. It was a little blooper right down the line. It was barely fair, and he, yeah. yeah, he didn't get there, but I like his arm. You know, he, he made a lot yeah. of good plays. He ain't hitting the ball very hard on Sunday night. So to see Arroyo kind of step into that position and really exceed – or excel is something that we really should keep an eye on for the rest of the season. Yeah, and it's, even the whole lineup experimenting too. Like I just I think exactly. that's just like a, such a great idea right now, given that we're still looking probably to make a couple moves before we start just before we start looking at what we can do for the rest of the season. Right. And, and it makes sense to do it now, being it's uh very, very, very early in the season. I mean we're three games in we have so many uh, 159 more to go including the one that we're playing right now and um to to wrap up talk about this tigers series i think we sweep this series i think we're really going to come through in the second half um i think after jd hit, hit that home run 
And it's funny because we're literally talking about this as this game is happening. It's the bottom of the fifth. After JD hit that home run, I think that um, there was a lot of good contact made after that. Uh, we didn't get anybody else on base, but we're hitting it into the outfield. I think if they run, uh, if they run him a couple more innings, it's going to be dangerous um, for the t- for the Red Sox to hit hit a couple more bombs potentially in this game. If not, I think we're going to see a few more hits, a few more um, runs from the Red Sox. And, and my prediction is, I think we're going to sweep this series against the Tigers. I and I think that not only am I going to say that I think we're going to sweep the series, I think that we should sweep this series. I think we're a way better team than Detroit. Um, and I think it's about time. Let's just get hot. Let's go on an absolute run and, and let's not slow down because we've done it before. I need absolutely need TK to start getting on base more. Yeah, absolutely. need mm-hmm. it. Um, a couple of bright spots. Uh, we put in the notes here. Shout out to who did this. Was this stuff at the who added to the end of the notes? Was it Willie? It was about uh, the bullpen about the bullpen oh, 14 in it. Yeah, I, I added that. I, I appreciate that because these, these are some things that I haven't seen. Um, so shout out to you, Stav. Saying that, I mean, our bullpen, it, it's something that we, every single time someone comes out of our bullpen, I get nervous, right? Like yeah, I was nervous for DK just because we haven't seen them. Hansel Robles had like a 7 ERA when we picked him up at the trade deadline last year. So I was nervous seeing him in the ninth. He did great. But we've only allowed one run all series, 14 innings pitched out of the bullpen. And the one run was the DJ LeMayhew home run, which barely got out. And, and it's from um, it's from Whitlock, who's Whitlock. been pitching great, who, who had a great outing in, in that game and just let one slide at the end. Um, So if, if our... If our bullpen can do this consistently, I mean, one run in 14 innings is super good. I don't think that that's going to continue to happen. But if, if we can continue to stay in this right direction, we'll be just fine. And I think we'll start to get more comfortable with these guys. It's just the fact that we're asking them to step into a role that they're not used to. We're asking them to take a step up, right? And and, and it's time for a lot of these guys to do so. Whitlock's going to be our main guy out of the bullpen for those long um long reliever innings and he looked good um i i have a question for the both of you i guess i'll ask this directly to will um what do you think is our biggest hole like all around all around what's our biggest hole like what do we what do we need to improve on if we want to make a run um i feel like start there's there's a few pieces there's a few pieces that creates that hole it's not necessarily there's not like a like there's not like a gaping hole in the middle of our lineup or anything like that. Like there's nothing super crazy, but I feel like um, holding JBJ accountable at, at the plate and in the field will definitely need to be, that needs to be looked at and whether or not we need to really make a push for a right fielder and who we can use secondary there. Um, another one is Matt Barnes coming back. And then the third thing is without Chris sale, how does our starting lineup shape up against the best teams in the MLB? How, who can we can who can we really play a good series against, and how long can we last? That's because that's we're heading into a critical stretch at the beginning of the season, playing division rivals right off the bat. Yeah, and with not having the strongest starting rotation, or at least in my opinion, that's that's how I look at it. With Waka being our day four starter, and it's not even just the fact that Waka is our day four starter. We're relying on a lot of younger guys. Um, by a lot of younger guys, I mean just specifically Tanner Houck 
to pick up a lot of these uh, starting days and, and to really thrive in those situations. And I think we're kind of just throwing him in the fire because we have to, and we have to see how he performs on that. So, uh, Stav, what are we thinking for some holes on this team? I'm going to cut. I mean, we can, I agree with Will what he said about the starting pitchers. I think we sh- should try. I mean, this is kind of looking ahead at the deadline, which is a few months away. Maybe it's another starting pitcher, but I need to see seven, eight, nine perform a little better. Um, Bobby was fanning a lot. He struck out, but he did hit a major home run uh, Sunday night yeah. against the Yankees. He put us ahead. Um, it just guys like Vasquez, he had bases loaded and he didn't perform opening day. There's a lot of things that I really would like to see at a seven, eight, nine, and even Kike. Kike kind of needs to pick it up. I mean, last year we saw it in the beginning of the year, he started out very slow. And then picked it up towards July and the rest of the season. But I want to see that consistently. He's our leadoff guy. He's a guy who should be getting on base and allowing guys like Devers and Bogarts and JD to drive him in. But he's yet to get on. I think he's gotten on base once all year. And that was the first four bat or four, first four pitches against Garrett Cole, who was just terrible, oh, like I said. But <laughs> maybe um, the worst. Maybe the worst uh, ace in the in the AL East. Yeah, probably. I agree with that. And um I just think Kike kind of, he needs to step it up. I, I don't even want to say kind of, he needs to step it up. No, he, he definitely does stop it. Kike is a guy that we look at um, to bring us energy. And, and that's what you look at. That's the definition of your leadoff hitter. You need someone that gets on base a lot of the times. And it doesn't matter how you get on base. You can get a single, you can double, you can hit a home run. You can walk for all I care as long as your foot is touching a base and you are safe. No matter where you are, that's what we need to start a game, right? And Kike, who's the king of uh, leadoff home runs last year, who's, I mean, just so good at getting on base. He really found a spot in center field where last year we were testing him everywhere. He was a second baseman. He was an outfielder. He, he's really found a spot in center field. He's thrived in it. And I'm hoping that he can get his bat going because he's one of those guys that, in your right style, we really need him to step up. Because he is one of those guys that is going to be the reason why we make a run. If he can really put those things together and play like he did um, towards that last stretch of last season, just the absolute run he was on, and then in the playoffs as well, we're going to be a very dangerous team. It's interesting because we're just so early in the season, so we don't want to overreact to anything. But it's kind of iffy for me. Like, I, I don't really see a lot of big holes i just see like different things i want to clean up right and one of those is the seven eight and nine which makes sense that's why it's the seven eight and nine you're, you're not gonna have your best three hitters down there um but just get on base a couple more times i love the addition of having a royal in right field i talked about it in my uh article a couple of weeks ago like what what's going to be our situation and right i was hoping duran was going to make our opening day roster he, he didn't end up doing so he is still young he has time but just having Arroyo there and him being able to play in so many different positions helps us um, a lot. So I think that there's a lot of things in – there's not holes. There's just things that we need to clean up um, if we want to be as successful as, as the standards we hold our team to, which makes sense as we see Matt Strom, who has been a bright spot um, coming out right now against the Detroit Tigers. Um, I guess we'll wrap up with this. Matt Strom, guys, I think that he's going to be a guy that eats up a lot of innings for us. I, I don't know if you guys agree with me. The long hair, 
First off, I think he needs a haircut. I, second off, I don't think he washes his hair. He's kind of greasy, kind of disgusting, but he throws a good ball. Matt Strom, it, it, our bullpen, we talked about making a move for a starter. This is the last question I have for you guys. Staub will get us started off here. Do we really need to make another move to get someone out of the bullpen, or do you think we're going to be just fine? I really want to wait for Matt Barnes to come back and see kind of where he's at mentally, especially because I want to say that he had a lot of doubt in his mind last year. He looked a little tentative, especially in the second half of the year. Um, Hypothetically, Matt Barnes doesn't come back and play well. We need another righty out of the pen. I don't really trust guys like Hansel Robles to come in and give me quality innings. So if, if anything, another righty, I really do like the pairing of Strom and Diekman. Mm-hmm. That's fair. How about you, Will? Um, I feel like it'd be tough trying to find a way to fill in some gaps without really like going to the farm and try to bring up guys. Like, I feel like we're really gonna have to make some moves if we want to improve there. But I mean, I really think we should just ride out with what we got, see what we can do, and play around like with the guys that we have because I really think we can figure it out. I mean, we have in the past. I don't see why we can't now and like. I just I don't feel the need to really go out there and just try to make moves and I don't know I think it's just too rushed. If we yeah, really do I, so, I think that's a good way of putting it. I think that um, if we were to make a move for someone really good in the bullpen, we'd have to give up something that we aren't willing to give up, right? Mm-hmm. And it, I think we'd give up something that we can't afford to give up. So I think for now we just gotta stick with it. We gotta see how these guys play. We have a not, we have a lot of new faces in the bullpen and in the starting rotation. So it's gonna be interesting to see. And we're just getting things started. Um, so I mean, it, it's an exciting time to be a Red Sox fan. It's ex- it's an exciting time to be a baseball fan. Everything is going well. Um, I think that's gonna wrap up this episode. If you guys have anything else, um, one thing before we close, I think. We were spot on with the Blue Jays, kind of talking about a different team. They are going to score a ton of runs. However, their bullpen's going to come in and blow it. So they're going to be fun to watch. Though they got an electric offense. The electric offense, and it's good. They keep teams in in play at all times because you never know when a team is going to score five runs in an inning against the Blue Jays. But you you also never know when the Blue Jays are going to score five runs in an inning. So you're right. I th- I think maybe next episode we'll check in with a couple more of these teams and, and we'll check back in with the Red Sox, seeing that we've only been one series deep. Um, but we hope you guys enjoyed. Watch a little baseball this week. We will catch you guys on Friday. And peace. 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 Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. 
kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.